You are now listening to the Late to the Party Podcast. Oh yeah, I'm fucking depressed and ready. What are you depressed <laughs> for? You got a outstanding uh, college football team. Oh yeah, well I'm happy about college football. That's why I, don't, I was just telling Trevor why I don't give a fuck about the NFL anymore. I only care about like watching the college players go there and make stars out of themselves. But I guess we'll get started right now. Welcome to Late to the Party podcast, everyone. What's going on, guys? Jesus what Christ, up? what an awesome weekend of football that was. Mm, mm, mm. I'm stuffed from all the deliciousness of last week. Dude, I can't even – I mean, be honest with you guys. I know you guys are big Patriot fans and you guys love the NFL and shit, but watching the NFL on Sunday in comparison to what we saw on Saturday, boring. I was practically falling asleep on my fucking couch trying to watch Patriots Browns on Sunday. That was just such a snore fest. Yeah, I've become it's weird. I've become one of these fans like – I don't get how people can watch the NFL on their couch all day for 12 hours. Yet, I'm constantly watching college football on my couch all Saturday for 12 hours, and I'm loving it. So, I don't know I don't know why I can't explain it. I mean, it's just a lot more exciting to me. And I'm just like, how the hell can you watch the NFL all that time? And, yeah, I'm sitting here watching college football all day this past Saturday. It was amazing. Well, that's because there's, like, 30 games on to watch. That's true, too. And, like, a good chance of, like – you're going to at least get a handful of games that are good. And then you watch the NFL and you got Cooper Rush on your TV. <laughs> and, uh, prime time. It's kind of like the Dolphins down at a third-string quarterback like the Patriots. <laughs> like, I, know we're, I know we're a college football podcast. And, we, and, you know, the three of us obviously watch the NFL and play fantasy. But even, like, the culmination of how fantasy's been this year, I feel like no one's doing anything in the NFL. I think fantasy points are down massively this year. I think the NFL has been so fucking boring to watch, and it's it's just like I I've been I've been texting my friends in my group chat from from high school, being like I feel so fucking sorry for every single one of you because you guys don't watch college football, and like you don't even have to have a team. You can pick whoever the hell you want to root for in this matter, and it's like the fact that they missed those games on Saturday, that three thirty slate from three thirty to about eight p.m. was a pure bliss. It was just perfect, and then. Before that, you had Michigan and Penn State at noon. Then you go right into the 8 o'clock game with USC and Utah. It was a beautiful fucking day. Beautiful day. Couldn't have had it any better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the billing. Yeah. Where are we starting, Zach? Yeah, so, I mean, we'll start with that Thursday game. Um, I mean, guys, I told you this from the get-go from this. uh, This was a classic West Virginia was going to fucking beat a team that they didn't expect to beat in Morgantown on a random Thursday night. West Virginia always has these games where they're in this, like, Thursday night slot where they'll play some random team or even a team that's probably better than them. And because the game's in Morgantown, they'll find a stupid way to win. So that's why I picked West Virginia. I know you guys took Baylor, but I think we're starting to be, realize that Baylor is kind of a bit of a F-R-A-U-D. Um, and in West Virginia, I mean, they're just they're just average. But... These two teams, eh, I just gave the nod to West Virginia because it was in Morgantown, and it just seemed like one of those games that they were going to win. So, mm-hmm. uh, It's funny, yeah. I'll save uh, for my sales later. They're definitely on it. Um, they're like 3-3 three and three now. I just We talked about West Virginia sucking, and then they just like – it was a crazy game back and forth, but like I just didn't envision West Virginia pulling it out, but they did. And I don't know, man. I don't know about what's going on with Dave Rand. I feel like – the shine's off of him a little bit right now. He was like the hottest commodity coming into the season out there, arguably. Um, there was talk about him being the front runner, like 
uh, link um, Nebraska going to throw all their money into getting Dave Aranda. I haven't heard too much about that lately, and I always I don't know. I feel like I've had an up and down with my perception of him. It's funny, like years ago when I used to have Twitter, I would follow this like um, like a a spoof page. It was called Cocky Dave Aranda when he was like the uh, he was like the coordinator at Wisconsin. And then like LSU threw him a shit ton of money to be their defensive coordinator, and like he basically flopped. So it was like they would just make fun of Dave Aranda every week. It was pretty pretty hilarious. Be like Cocky Dave Aranda's kind of back, and uh, Baylor's not not for the better for it. I just like uh, Matt. I I don't know if you have anything to say about this game, but I'm looking at the stat line right here. I mean, fucking Baylor had 590 yards of total offense. They they had more total yards. They had more pass yards. I mean, West Virginia outran them. They averaged more yards per play. They had more first downs. They had more um, what's it called? Uh, I mean, they had less penalties and less punts. The fact of the matter was, they fucking turned the ball over at the end. It's just sloppy, sloppy football is what killed them at the end of the game. Fuck West Virginia. I was actually watching some of that game. And uh, Baylor, like, had – Baylor was, like, in control. They were up 17-10. to 10. And then I'm pretty sure what ha- – I think their quarterback literally, like, rolled out and literally just fumbled the ball without anybody tackling him. And then West Virginia scored a 65-yard touchdown. And then after that, I was like, fuck this. Uh, so I would say Baylor definitely – their expectations at the beginning of the year definitely don't um, – match what they are in a and those are the bottom feeders of a uh of a of a big 12 a big 12 conference right now but whatever fuck west virginia fuck baylor fuck both of them whatever zach you were right yes. i was wrong <laughs> well i think that i think some of the big 12s coming back down to earth now you know like the early part of the season they were pretty riding pretty high and a lot of these teams look like they were you know out for the killing but you know it's like the way baylor was playing they should have been up like 30 to nothing and they weren't. And then, like, they just, like, I don't know, West Virginia was like, oh, these guys aren't good, and we'll come back, and then they won the game. Typical. Yeah, but that's classic Big 12 football right there. Exactly. I mean, we talked about that classic years Big ago. 12, for sure. You, I mean, you remember, what was it, uh, I think it was, like, 2014? I think Baylor had a dumb loss, like, early on in the year, and then TCU was, like, undefeated, and then they allowed, like, 60-something points, including, like, a 30-point comeback in, like, the third quarter. But, it, like, this is what the Big 12 teams do. And, unfortunately, like, I'm, I'm you know, Maybe someone comes out of there and proves us all wrong, but I think I'm expecting one of these teams to have one loss, each 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 team to have one loss at least this year because they'll go out and lose some dumb game like this. So. I think the next game we're really going to get into because I'm just dying to hear what Trevor has to say. Is Trevor, how do you feel about Notre Dame losing to Stanford this weekend? Damn, you really want to go into this right now? Yes, now let's hop okay. into it. I want to hop into that. I want to know his feelings. I want to get him ready to go for the show. I'm just so exhausted by the situation. I can't even, I can't even rant about this team anymore. I've like completely given up. I bailed on the season. They're, they'll be lucky to go six and six. I just, it's seven games in. I know we're not supposed to bail on the guy. I'm bailing on him. He's a recruiter only. Oh yeah, you're right. I did bail on him in week one, but seven games, a lot bigger sample size than one. Um, I just don't get how this team to look so good. Like, they whipped up on North Carolina. I know it was overrated, but they're 6-1. and one. Their only loss was to Notre Dame. And this team fucking loses at home to Stanford and Marshall. And now they blame it on, like, oh, well, 
we kind of change the time of day when we go, the team goes to mass before the games at, at home. So that might be the reason. Like, I'm like, what are you, what, what, the, what the fuck is going on right now? You know, well, I want to dump on Brian Kelly all the time. His last 23 home games at Notre Dame, they went 21 and two. And those two losses were teams that went to the playoff that year. This guy is one and two at home and his losses are to Stanford and Marshall who had not beaten any other FBS team this year. Like, what are we fucking doing? And I know it's, maybe it's not all on him. I feel like Tommy Reed, you better start looking in the mirror here. Because I, I don't know what some of those plays were the other night. Freaking these ridiculous reverse, reverse sweeps you were doing. Uh, they called one on fourth and two that went nowhere. They called one on first and ten. You lose eight yards. You set, you set an offense back that's already that cannot be behind the eight ball. You set them back all the time. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? I feel like Marcus Freeman, it's just the situation sucks because with him and Venables right now, you feel like you, it's just so tough to put you put new head coaches into these high-profile po- programs. It's just like there's got to be growing pains. We're seeing it both places. Like, it's, it's obviously you just can't throw a guy in here no matter if he doesn't have any experience. Be like, oh, yeah, just go take over Notre Dame. We're not going to skip a beat. Go take over Oklahoma. We're not going to skip a beat. I just feel like that's not realistic. There's Unfortunately, we – we forget there's going to be growing pains, and here we are. I just hope that I just feel like this guy might be Tyrone Willingham, Bob Davy all over again. This team could be like it's going to be like twelve and ten in a few years down the road. I hope it's not going there, but I I, I, mean, I still I still think it's too early, and I know you're going to get mad at me for saying that all this year. But shit, we were saying this about Jim Harbaugh. I mean, for fuck's sake, two years ago, Jim Harbaugh coached one of the worst Michigan teams. Since Rich Rod era in 2020, I mean Matt, you remember that season? That was, Rich Rod, Ugh. that was. I mean, but the, but yeah, but I'm talking about the Harbaugh season in 2020. You know that yeah. game when Joe Milton was the quarterback. I mean that Michigan team was fucking pathetic. So it's like you know, there's some seasons you're gonna have that. But the bad part for Notre Dame is this. I mean, you're fucking playing Stanford here. This is a team that I think what did they had like 11 game losing streak against FBS opponents. I mean, that's bad. I mean, that's their, fucking their bad. Their defense was, like, ranked 110th in the country coming in. I mean, I, te- I texted my brother Saturday morning. He was asking for some bets, and I said, here's two surprise bets. Um, uh, Brian Harson and David Shaw both getting fired tomorrow because Notre Dame's going to kick Stanford's ass and Auburn's going to lose. And fucking both coaches have their jobs this week. One lives another day, but the other one, I don't know fucking how he has a job still. But in Notre Dame, dude, like you're, you converted on third down 25% of the time against fucking Stanford out of 12 attempts. That's fucking inexcusable at home. I'm like, dude, and, and you can see it on Marcus Freeman's face. Obviously, he's embarrassed. He's pissed off. I mean, it, it just the offense was completely pathetic. I mean, they fumbled the ball. They didn't have any time possession. I mean, fucking Stanford held the ball more for an entire quarter more than Notre Dame did. You can't have that happen. I mean, you can't. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I just. Look, we got, I get it. he's a great recruiter, but there's a lot more to coaching than just recruiting. There's so many guys out there, the Ron Zooks of the world, the Hugh Freezes, uh, Tim Brewster, Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss had a number one recruiting class once. Where to get him? So we'll see how this plays out. It's a lost season here. Hopefully you can develop some young guys going forward the rest of the way. And hopefully don't, this doesn't take too much shine off that number two recruiting class right now, but... This guy, unfortunately, is going to have to get it together sooner than later because 3-3 three and three is simply unacceptable in Notre Dame. I'm sorry. 100%. Matt, you got anything to add? Um, I don't, the fact that Notre Dame, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I like I uh, I definitely think you got to wait another year, but 
Man, you can't lose at home to Marshall and and uh and Stanford. So I mean, if anything, I think his probably rope for next year Oh, Matt, we lost Matt. <laughs> you hear me? That, yeah, I can hear you. Is that a fair say? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Can you hear me? Uh, <laughs> this is a shit show. Oh, God. Now you. <laughs> When it slows down like that, Matt, I think that's what he's this fuck. Dying. Oh my god. <laughs> that was fucking funny. Hello? <laughs> You're still a fucking mess. Hello? <laughs> Hello, Matt. What's. I'm going to hang up and Matt, try again. Yeah, <laughs> try again. We good? Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> I was just fucking dying laughing. Holy shit. <laughs> I hope we save that for some outtakes. Nah, no problem. It's fine. Just keep the camera rolling right now. Hopefully Matt doesn't leave so it doesn't fuck this whole thing up. <sighs> God damn, that was funny. I, I thought it was me at first because I literally was like going through the, um, my laptop has been fucking up so much. I was like, God damn, I hope it's not my laptop. That's why I tried to like sporadically join on my phone real quick. Can't blame me anymore. I'm on my brand new phone over here with uh, 5G, so. Yeah. No, it's not you. Def it's definitely not you. So, not today. Just trust me, that one time we were here, we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was trying, I was probably doing the same thing Matt was doing, talking all slow and shit. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fucking funny. Oh, my God. I don't think Matt's here. His thing's frozen, isn't it? Yeah, I don't even know if he's trying to join or not. I'm going to try. Well, I'll, I'll send him a text. <laughs> it was like the uh, scene from uh, old school when he gets the fucking horse drink. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's the best scene too. What's wrong? With, what's wrong? With, like, you're fucking crazy, man. Door, little fucking door in your neck. I fucking love you, man. You're crazy, man. <laughs> Yeah. <sighs>
Dude, he hasn't even got back to us. What the hell is he going on? I don't know. It's got some serious things. Asking me about the Notre Dame game. Um, so, like, I, what I was beginning to say is um, I, I really want to say for you got to give Freeman time to get his recruits in. But if anything, these losses, especially at home to Marshall and uh, Sanford, are probably making his leash, uh, his leash for the future maybe a little shorter, I would say. Is that what is that fair to say? Absolutely. 100%. That's all I, mean, I got. It sucks. I mean, it sucks, but I mean, I, I mean, fair is fair. And I was alluding to it before when I was talking about Michigan's season a couple of years ago, and then you can make the same thing for what Oklahoma's going through right now. But Notre Dame can't be losing those games at home. Fair is fair. I'm a very fair person. Fire Freeman. Oh, I don't yeah. know, Trevor's, Trevor. Trevor, not not a fair guy, but we can. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, if you would want, if you want to be like you the way you are right now, then that's totally fair. But what's not fair is trying to fire the fucking guy after his second game on the road against the fucking top three team in the country. So that's ridiculous. All right, Matt, floor yours on this one. Penn State, Michigan. Um, I mean, that was a great game for Michigan. I thought obviously it'd be a little closer. I mean, even at halftime when Penn State was. Think they were up or maybe down by two they had the, michigan just kind of shot themselves in the foot for a little bit so it really wasn't much of a contest michigan's a way better football team than penn state is i'm not going to go and say the fraud route for penn state because i don't think they're bad um but i also just don't think that they're um they're just not they're, they're not uh, a new year's six bowl game team you know it's just that this just is what it is i mean michigan ran all over them but Dude, floor is yours on this. So it's funny too, because I, I had the uh, the Trevor jinx on you guys, and I sent you the ESPN stats of Michigan being up. The next thing you know, Penn State scores two touchdowns because Sean Clifford uh, had like a fifty-six yard run, and then the next Michigan poge- possession, uh, McCarthy throws it off of somebody's helmet, then it hits the top of a Michigan player, and then uh, Penn State gets a pick six. But even at that point, like I wasn't even worried. Like, obviously, Michigan can't be doing that against when they play Ohio State, but this was an Ohio State, and at no point in this game did I feel like Michigan was going to lose, even when they were actually losing for a few minutes in the game and um, after halftime when Penn State kicked the field goal. I mean, they were just dominating. Uh, Blake Corum and Edwards were just running down their throat, um, and Penn State had no answers. And it's kind of like the uh, it's kind of like the Iowa game, I guess. It's really you just have to – shove it up their butts until the game's over because their offense is not going to do anything. And that's really what the whole game was. I mean, I think Michigan has a good defense, but I don't know if Penn State has a really good offense. So, Oh, I mean, no, that was always the that was always this, the uh, issue with Penn State was that we always had our doubts about Clifford being able to guide that offense. I mean, they don't really have a pass attack. They he's not great. They don't have wide receivers like Jahan Dotson anymore. I mean, Singletary. I mean, Singleton's a great running back, but dude, you you eliminate the run game on Penn State. They're very very one dimensional. Did you watch? I think Penn State ever? had more touchdowns than first than first downs at one point when they had two touchdowns and one first down. So yeah, it was um, like 15, 15 to two, I think. Was yeah, it was. Uh, it was a it was an ass whooping. It felt great though. We uh, first kind of test of the year, and uh, we came out with flying colors. Did you watch the game, T-Med? I watched a little bit of it. Um, I will say the weeks leading up to it when Big Ten play began, you know, I was a little little shaky on Michigan, but, man, they answered to the bell this fucking week. Uh, when you're on for 400 yards in a conference game, like, holy shit, man, that was just – got to be loving that, Matt. I mean, that's one of my things that gets me going. The ability to just run over a team, 
run run it down their throats and they can't do anything to stop them. Just 200 yard rushing performances from the from the dynamic duel just looked amazing. Then again, if you had faith in a, a Manny Diaz coach uh, coach defense, then shame on you for having faith in a Manny Diaz coach defense in in Penn State. But 400 yards, 400 yards. Michigan, we know last year and a half they've they've had the identity. It's what I want what I want Notre Dame to be this year, and they can't do it. Um, run the ball down your throats, and you know, may, they may not have an elite passing attack with J.J. McCarthy or McNamara or whoever put they put in there, but they don't really need one yet. I don't think they. I think in the regular season, up until yeah, I know up until I get it, Zach. Up until your boys come I'm in. Saying, but I'm not saying me. I'm not saying me. I'm talking like if Michigan wants to take the step in terms of like advancing further in the playoff, McCarthy has to start fucking throwing the well, ball. Well, that's, that's another conversation for another day. I'm just talking I, about for the majority of Big Ten play, they're not going to need it. I know that. And they have the offensive line and the running attack to compete at the top level. The problem is, is that it's just more like this is not a Michigan thing. It's a more J.J. McCarthy thing for me. And I've, had, I've felt the same thing that I felt about McCarthy the whole season. I mean, it's not like Michigan's throwing a bunch of bums out there. He's got Ronnie Bell that he's throwing the ball to, who's a decent wide receiver. I'm not saying that they have, like, you know, like top-tier NFL talent at the wideouts, but they're not bad. I just need to see more. I still need to see more from McCarthy. And I know that one interception he threw was stupid, and it wasn't, like, technically his fault. And he did, you know, played well. But, Matt, my question for you is this with McCarthy. Is it like, you know, McCarthy was this five-star recruit guy – I mean, is he going to be a game manager or is this the fucking guy that's going to make like a dis- difference in a game? I know Donovan Edwards and, and uh, Blake Corm ran the fuck up all over Penn State, but I want to see more. I need to see more from McCarthy still. I still need to see more. I mean, right now, he really just seems like a more of a slimmed down version of McNamara, right? Just kind of a game manager. So, I mean, other, until we see differently, I really can't, I really can't see any. Until I see differently, I can't really. Uh, no, I can't really say he's more than a game manager, I guess. You can't convince me that Michigan would be any different from what they are with the two different quarterbacks. I guarantee you that. That Michigan would be exactly where they are right now, whether it was McNamara or uh, McCarthy starting. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I just I think no matter who's starting right now, the situation could be moved. I could be starting. The majority of these Big Ten games not going to matter because they run the ball so fucking effectively. I mean, right. that it's not going to matter. But anyways... All right, I guess we'll go to the we'll go with the next game. Uh, we had Kansas and Oklahoma. I mean, we kind of already assumed that with Kansas losing their quarterback, um, you know, Kansas was kind of going to be on this downward trend. Um, I don't see Oklahoma really making much of a run. Is is Matt frozen? No. Just keep talking. Right here. Just keep okay. talking. Gotcha. All right, I saw for a little bit. Okay, I was going to say I thought we had more technical difficulties. All right, anyways. No, no, I'm letting out my top 10. We're not. I'm good. Top 10? What are you talking about? I'm writing out my top 10 for the for the end oh, of the show. Oh, okay. Right. Like we're ready for the top Jesus. 10. Jesus. <laughs> oh, Don't get shook, Jack. Just Zach. Talking, oh. Zach, right? Dude, I'm just Jesus. trying to make sure that everything's going smoothly. Jesus Christ. All right, anyways. It's not, I mean, but Kansas, keep going. <laughs> yeah, Kansas. What What do you want to say about Kansas? I mean, they're a great story in the beginning of the year, but they don't have their quarterback anymore, and their defense stinks. And Oklahoma is still like as bad as they are this year. They still have talent to put up offensive numbers. 
I mean, Kansas allows over 700 yards of total offense uh, on Saturday. It's very, very bad. But even then, Oklahoma allowed 42 points. Defense still stinks on both sides. I mean, Oklahoma's not fucking going anywhere. But, I mean, like, just kind of stinks to see Kansas' season, you know, kind of fall apart because of an injury. Hey, like I said before, I think I said this last week, they're, what, they're 5-2 and two now. If they can get two more wins to get to 7-5 and five somehow and squeak their way to any kind of freaking bowl, whether it's the Barstool Bowl, the Fenway Bowl, the North Korea Bowl, the Toa Bowl, wherever. If I'm a, if I'm a Jayhawks fan, considering the 10-plus years of misery they've had, I'm stripping myself naked. I'm running through the streets. I'm taking down the goalposts in Lawrence, and I'm throwing them in whatever river they have over there, a la Tennessee style. So I'm rooting for you, Kansas, still. It's going to be very, 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 very tough to get even one more win, let alone two more wins. But I'm still in your corner. Rock, chalk, damn Jayhawk. Um. I just feel like I knew Oklahoma wasn't going to lose four games in a row. I mean, that's really how I felt in general. I don't think it matters who the quarterback of Kansas was. Uh, it does definitely suck that their quarterback is out for the year. It was a cool story, but, I mean, I don't like Kansas, so fuck Kansas. I don't give a fuck about their story. It goes back – you know what? It goes back to college basketball. I'm not going to automatically love the school now because – That's nothing to do with basketball. What are you talking about? I'm, like, I don't like the school in general. I'm not going to – is Zach going to become a Michigan uh, a Michigan basketball fan next They're year? Like, you know run over your puppy dog I just don't like – I'm not a Kansas guy. I don't like Oklahoma. But I, I knew they weren't going to lose four games in a row. And Kansas is probably – you know what? I'm going to make a bold – prediction oh, right now kansas will not win another game this year oh maybe it may not be so bold but um i think fudge just has a prejudice against uh, tornado alley for some reason so. no i think that's wrong i don't think they're gonna lose i don't think they're gonna lose out i think that if they lost like 59 to nothing or some shit i mean I, they, their offense can still score points and they can play like a dumb big 12 team where they don't play defense i still i think they may get lucky in one game and end up pulling out let's do uh, let's do a little over under real quick then. Uh, number of wins the rest of the way for Kansas over under point five. What do you have? Over. Under. I'm gonna go over barely one to one. <laughs> yeah, I go over. They're gonna they're gonna All win right. one game. I think if they go six and six, I mean I I know I know the expectations are high on them now because they were five and zero, oh, but before the season, if you were to tell me Kansas goes six and six, that's a good season for them. Oh, no doubt about it. I thought there was going to be one eleven, two and 10 again, so. Right. So, all right, moving on to the next one. I mean, I, I, I Trevor, you're going to back me up on this, too, because you've been riding on this wave for the last few weeks. Uh, Minnesota at Illinois. Uh, two things to take away from this game. One, Minnesota, fuck you, dude. Like, honestly, you come out of the season, everyone thinking that, like, okay, you're going to run away with the Big West and, like, we're going to try and take you serious. Minnesota threw for 38 yards on Saturday. Thirty fucking eight yards. Mm, amazing. Big no, Ten football. That is not the Big Ten football at its finest. That's fucking embarrassing. I mean, dude, we were like, what? Minnesota was sitting at four and zero. We're like, dude, you know, they got the next two weeks coming up. Like, they got Purdue, they got Illinois. You know, if they get through these two games, they'll go into Happy Valley, and we're gonna have a big whiteout game in Minnesota. Like, you know, running the Big West and going against Penn State, and it's all over now. It's all over now because Minnesota is a fucking fraud. They're frauds. They are. I mean, I, I, I mean, I just, 
this happens every single year, I feel, with Minnesota. As soon as they get a little bit of juice going, they lose a dumb game like this, and it's just – I. But I'm, I'm, but I'm not – before I, you know, done shitting on Minnesota, Brett Bielema, you got to give him a lot of credit. He's got to be – he's also got to – his name's got to be listed at the end of the year for Coach of the Year. No? Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. funny to me how, like, P.J. Fleck, what was this thing? Like, rock the – row the bow, whatever. Um, did you hear the uh, the PA at uh, Illinois at the end of the game last week was saying uh, sing it, playing uh, rock the boat? So that was kind of cute. So, um but yeah, I think I texted this to you guys. I was like, it's a legitimate chance Illinois goes ten and two down the stretch. Their schedule's pretty favorable. They do have Michigan. That's their toughest game left. I mean, other than that, they've got some. They're gonna be favored in a lot of these games. They can go ten and two, be in the Big Twelve, t- uh, Big Ten title game, and um, revenge of Brett Bielema, man. Man, it's, it's looking like vintage. Like what he used to do, just pound, ground and pound. Another team that can ground and pound you to death in the Big Ten. I'll get to my winners and losers later, but. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty crazy how Illinois is already bowl eligible right now, like six and one. Fuck, did they lose to Indiana? I don't get that. I don't. But it's Big Ten West bullshit, is what it is. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and we had our Big Ten guys, and it pisses us off every year because it's like the East always has to play tough competition, and then you have these dumb teams from the West that just stink, and they can't fucking like take a stride. To be like, I mean, it's like always like a seven and four or eight and four Northwestern or some crap team like Minnesota that gets there, and it's like it's just it's just fucking embarrassing. So I'm I'm pulling for Illinois. I'm also pulling for Purdue. You know, both these teams can like finish like nine and three, ten and two, and give us like a good game in the Big Ten championship. Other than what we've been fucking seeing from the Big Ten West all the year, then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch much of the game, so I don't have anything to say. But I'm not really surprised that Minnesota uh, falters like they usually do. It's just the same old Minnesota. And uh, I know hopefully Illinois can make the uh, the other conference in the Big Ten respectable. We'll we'll see. All right, moving on. Next game. Uh, I mean, this is the biggest game of the year uh, so far. Alabama at Tennessee. I mean, I'm sure you guys watched every second of this one, like I did. Um, I mean, they did it. They fucking did it. Tennessee, man. It's a long time coming. We've been ragging on them for years, even outside of not even doing this podcast. Every time we go meet up and see each other, we talk about college football. We talk about how Tennessee is overhyped every year. Tennessee, why the fuck do all these recruits go to Tennessee? Tennessee, every year they play Alabama, they get their asses kicked. 15 years in a row, they haven't been able to do a goddamn thing. Tennessee, they start out the season 4-0, 5-0, and then all of a sudden some stupid team like Army goes to Nayland Stadium and almost beats them in overtime. And... I mean, do they got an offense? Their defense has got issues, no no doubt there. So does Alabama's. We'll get to them in a second. But man, Hendon Hendon Hooker is easily a fucking Heisman candidate right now. He's been fucking balling out this year. He's been playing amazing. They got great wide receivers. I mean, Tennessee's offensive. They got offensive power like crazy. Um, yeah, I mean they're 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 for real. Unfortunately, Alabama still controls their destiny, but Tennessee's for real. As my once good friend, no, not really, Jim Ross would say, that was a slobber knocker. Just like a back and forth game, everything we wanted, Tennessee threw punches, Alabama threw punches. Tennessee tried to give the game away by dropping the ball on the five-yard line because nobody knew who the ball was going to. Then they come back and score. 
And one thing I got to wonder, I really got to wonder, is why, what are they doing down there, the kickers in Tuscaloosa, that they're always shanking big kicks or screwing something up? They, they have such a bad history of fucking up field goals. It's kind of embarrassing at this point. Um, I'm going to give the guy a little credit. Like, that was not a gimme, though. That was a fucking, like, yeah. yarder. That was a tough one. That was tough. And honestly, I'm going to say number 47 must. I've watched the, the tape like 10 times after that. Number 47 must have watched that video. A hundred times, because I feel like all he had to do was lift his arms up a centimeter more, and he blocks that field goal, and he didn't. But hey, you know what? Good for Tennessee. They Did played they a get full a game. On it? I don't think so. I don't think he got anything on it. That's what I thought initially when the kick went up. He knuckled. I it think so it was just a true play. knuckleball. I think the guy was so fucking nervous. He just like he didn't put all his force into the kick. He just tried to hit it straight, and it just looked so ugly, and it barely hit the cross over the crossbar. I, for a split second, thought that was going to fall three inches, three feet short of uh, the crossbar. I was going to say, here we go again, Tennessee, blowing it. But um, they didn't, and I know I texted this to you guys in the chat. Go ahead, Matt. It was a heavyweight fight. They took the blows, and they came out on top. Good for them. Yeah, Texas in the chat, kind of half jokingly, but maybe I wasn't. I don't know. I'm starting to. I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want to say it too seriously, but I'm starting to get these 2019 LSU vibes from this Tennessee team, man. There's some. There's some analogies there. I mean, you got the quarterback who transferred in, who uh, his first year, you know, he didn't look amazing, but he's kind of came out of nowhere with the right weapons around him. Think about what this team has, right? I mean, Cedric Tillman's their top wide receiver, and he's been out several weeks with that tightrope surgery. He's coming back soon, but he was supposed to be their best wide receiver. The week before against LSU, you got Bruno McCoy absolutely going off on the Tigers. Now this week, you got Jalen Hyatt. Five touchdown catches against Alabama. Six like, catches. Six catches, five of, them go, five of them for touchdowns. They had no answer for this dude. This dude was absolutely dumping all over this team. Uh, trivia, real quick, the last time a receiver had five touchdowns against the number three team in the country. This is actually a cool stat. Um, Torrey Holt for NC State back in the day Don't beat the NFSU back in the late 90s. That was kind of a cool stat to see. So um, just the fact that Hendon Hooker has three, these three unbelievable studs, kind of like what Joe Burrow had to play with at LSU. Amazing offensive coaches, Joe Brady with the Tigers, Josh Heupel here. This guy did amazing things at uh, UCF. His system works. You can see it. Like, it's really taken over. You got a tough little stretch coming up. We got, you know, you got the Wildcats, and then the big one's going to be at at Athens, man. I mean, talk about game of the year, man. That's going to be Tennessee better not fuck up in the next two weeks. Um, It's all in front of them. It's not going to be easy, but I think I've seen crazier things with a team – Offensive juggernaut in the SEC running the table all the way to a out of nowhere national title. Maybe I, Matt, you were on to something when you had that post party like it's 1998. Maybe you weren't such a dumbass as I thought you were making that making that shit up. So rude. But, <laughs> oh, but I mean, kudos to them. <clears throat> that that game they come and get uh, have coming up against Georgia is whew, that is going to be a crazy ass game. <clears throat> I want to say one thing about Alabama. Actually, maybe a couple things. Um, This is the most undisciplined Saban team I've ever seen in my entire life. 17 fucking penalties. 17. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, they Actually, had what yeah. 14 or 15 against Texas a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say Texas too. They had uh, double digit penalties. What's going I mean, on over there? So I'm like, I, 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 you know, I was texting my brother throughout the game. Obviously he's like, he's like, he's like, it's insane how many penalties are committed. And it was like, I knew on that play when they thought that Alabama sealed it when they were down 49, the interception happened. I knew everyone was like, like not cheering or saying anything. It was like, the, there was a fucking penalty. It was like almost like the the false starts not lining up correctly, the pass interferences, the fucking defensive holdings. It's just like I I I don't know what else to say. It's just I'm not gonna say Alabama's done because that'd be stupid to say because you know you know how they are after a loss. Unfortunately for Mississippi State, they lost a terrible game this past weekend, and now they're gonna have to take the wrath of Alabama now when they when they play them uh, this this coming Saturday, but. I, I, I'm not saying Alabama's done, but man, I, th- th- how many? How often have you seen a team in the top ten commit this many fucking penalties per game? Yeah, they certainly look very sloppy right now. We'll not even. We'll get to the Jermaine Bruton situation later or now if you want, but I mean that kind of adds to it. If I'm Nick Saban, man, I'm I'm kicking this guy off the team. I feel like you have to at least put out the perception that you're not you're not slipping here. Like your team's very undisciplined right now. You got all these penalties, and you got one of your receivers going to cold clock a freaking woman during the during the rushing of the field situation. Like, come on, you're Alabama. You're supposed to you're supposed to be the 33rd NFL team because you you carry yourself with such professionalism. Well, not this year. If, I think you have to make a statement if you're saving. Bruin's not gonna make or break your fucking season. He's an he's an average receiver at best. He was that at Georgia. He's not nothing special here. Cut his ass and send a message that hey, we're not going to tolerate this uh, this Mickey Mouse shit here. I'm Nick Saban. I don't do this. So I I think that's what has to happen. But if it doesn't, you're just going to keep that perception going that all of a sudden he slipped a little bit and he's losing a little bit of control here. Maybe when he was making all these nil comments, maybe he had something that I, I can't keep up with the situation. I can't keep up with the modern day athlete. They're they're kind of too much for me at this point. So we'll see what happens there, but. So I feel like they're averaging 10 just for your discipline thing. They're averaging 10 penalties a game for 79 yards. Yeah, I mean, right. you never see it. We're never seeing Nick Saban team do that. You would, you would figure it's crazy. I don't think there's a lot of teams in the top 10 to even see to have that fucking number either. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, that's 10 penalties per game. That's that's embarrassing. I mean, I, I, that was my team. I'd be freaking bullshit about that. And I'm sure he is. So, I'm not saying Alabama's done. They're not done by any means necessary. I mean, they, um, I mean, they definitely have tough games coming up. I mean, they gotta go to, they gotta go to Oxford. I'm not saying Auburn's gonna be an easy game either because I mean, it's a rivalry game. Auburn obviously stinks, but and then they got Mississippi State this weekend. Mississippi State has shown some glimmers of hope, but you know, just seeing Alabama's track record, I'm not expecting them to lose by any by any means. But that game at Ole Miss, you know, that could really say a lot. And Trevor, you even said it, you even said it in the chat. You know, if they lose to Ole Miss. <laughs> in a few weeks, we could be seeing Tennessee and Ole Miss playing for the fucking NC Championship game. Who would have thought that? Mm-hmm. So, Crazy. All right, we're moving on to the next game. Uh, Oklahoma TCU. You two bozos took Oklahoma State, and I took TCU, the only one with a brain. Um, yeah, I, 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 this is exactly what I expected from Oklahoma State, dude. This is what they do every year. They'll be a top 10 team. I think, Matt, you said something about it earlier in the year. I, th- I think it was you or Trevor. I can't remember which one of you guys said this, that Oklahoma State being in the top 10 almost seems fake. Um, I mean, they've definitely been up and down, but um, 
Someone said oh, I think I agreed with that too because this is what they this is what they are. This is what they are. They're a fucking good team, but they're not a great team. They're a team that's can be ranked between 12 and 18 every year, and they'll have solid players, and a couple of them will go to the draft. Mike Gundy's not a coach that's going to get a team to the playoff. It's just not what it is. TCU, I mean, Sonny Dykes is fucking killing it again. Another big, another big win. Max Duggan didn't play too bad either. I, I, I mean, TCU's offense is a juggernaut, and they're going to cause problems with the Big 12. I think they're easily the Big 12 favorite. I do not know. I'm looking at their schedule right now. And I really only think that the game that they could probably lose would be Texas. And that's about it. See, this is a situation where you want the playoffs expanding now because I don't know, given the track record of the Big 12, even though it's a strong year right now, and the biases that people have towards like the SEC, I don't know if TCU is going to have enough, even if they go undefeated, to make the playoff. They might be like the fifth team, right? They might be the, that one team look on the outside looking in. But I feel like if they got to a playoff, an 18 playoff, they could give these top four teams a run for their money the way they're playing. Um, Sonny Dykes, coach of the year, and I'm going to leave it at that. I have a question. Zach is totally overlooking TCU's game against the running Adrian Martinez this weekend. No, I'm not because it's in it's in it's. TCU has a home game, so I think that's fine. Yeah, they're it's a home going, night. You're right, though. It is a home night game. Here. They're going to Austin, which is why I'm looking at that game. It's like, okay, that's probably going to be a problem for that them. Texas I'm not saying it'd be impossible if Kansas State won, but that's, I'm that putting Texas my money on game will be a good one, too. I mean, I've always liked the Horned Frogs. I mean, growing up, they were always a, like a fun team to watch. So, I mean, it's cool to see them uh, competing again. Not, you're not a fan? Well, it's not that I'm not a fan. I just had a bad history of them because I went down to Dallas to watch the TCU-Ohio State game a few years ago, and some fucking dumb drunk bitch on TCU uh, dumped a beer on my brother because Ohio State scored a touchdown. They're, they're, they, they're, they're a Christian school, but they're all a bunch of assholes. So last week, Matt hated on the Mormons. This week, Zach's hating on the Christians. Next week, you'll see me dumping on the Catholics, maybe. We'll see. So. Catholics you versus have been on the Catholics. If, if UNLV pulls off, the unthinkable, I definitely will be. So, All right, what, what do we got? What are we going into next? Uh, <laughs> NC State at Syracuse. I we all picked it. We all picked NC State. I mean, shit. Yeah, well, we didn't freaking that. We Nobody should have an asterisk. We, we should have there. an asterisk next to that boy. I 100 agree. I think that game should be fucking voided out for us because we I'm in. Voided out. Taken out of the standings. Out of here. See you uh, later. You can't make you can't make a big pick like that and then find out an hour before the game that that quarterback. Blew out his arm fucking a week before. Yeah. Yeah, dude. What was with that news break? That was Saturday morning. They're like, oh, by the way, Devin O'Leary's out for the year. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I mean, a good gamesmanship by the Wolfpack trying to trying to spring that on Syracuse, but um, that game that was so gross. I, what Syracuse's I, record six and zero? Oh? I think they deserve the record, uh, the title of the worst six and zero oh team in the country thousand percent oh yeah you know what the Wrong. voters you know what's funny is the voters agree because they're undefeated and they don't want to move them up they're like this team's undefeated and it's fake even you, you can tell by the rankings even the voters hate it they're gonna they, they were probably trying to find if, if like i guarantee you if florida state beat clemson this past weekend they would have tried to find every way possible to get florida state to jump syracuse even though florida state has one loss mm. 
Um, we'll get to the losers, my winners and losers later. Um, but yeah, I agree. Biggest fraud team, fraud six and zero team in, in the podcast history right now, Syracuse. Perfect. All right. I really want to get to your winners and losers, so we're going to do a little uh, speed rush through a couple of these games right here. Uh, Arkansas uh, at BYU. Trevor was the only one to pick Arkansas. Uh, BYU, you're fucking dead to me, so uh, I'm mad at the Mormons right now, too. Fucking BYU stinks. Other than Zach Wilson, we're down on the Mormons right now, so. Notre Dame officially killed the Mormons, I feel like, right? Well, who was it? Was it? Was it? Notre Dame or uh, Oregon killed them? And Notre Maybe Dame Oregon killed them first. Big yeah, Oregon softened up, them up, Notre Dame did, and then Arkansas went in for the kill. So, uh, We all look like idiots in this game. Wisconsin at Michigan State. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. I can't figure it I, I, Dude, Michigan State, dude. I, I, yeah. they're, they're so annoying. They really are. They still stink. It's okay. <laughs> this is just like the Big Ten being down. I mean, like, just when you think Wisconsin is going to turn the corner and Michigan State is dead in the water, this happens. Like, are you, are, like It's like, are you kidding me? Like, Ugh, that was gross. That was so gross. I'm still like, F you, man. F you, Mel Tucker. Take your freaking millions of dollars and your overrated-ass program and continue to look out here and there and continue to suck against the good teams. So. Was it you who were texting the group? I forgot. I don't know if it was you or somebody. It was like, oh, wow, Wisconsin and Michigan State are in overtime while we're watching Alabama, Tennessee. I'm like, you think I'm going <laughs> to turn my fucking out how, on all to the, watch Michigan all the, State? Yeah. No, I wasn't saying watch it, but I was like point out what a crazy how good it was that 3:30 slate. You had three games at the same time in OT: TCU the game, the Tennessee game, and the freaking crappy Wisconsin game. Whatever. So, hey Trevor, floor's on yours on this next one, man. You were the only one to roll with Brian Kelly and LSU and his family. Well, all I'm gonna say is Billy Napier is about to be four and four going into the after the uh, greatest cocktail party's over. I feel like. What was the point of that? Couldn't you have kept uh, Dan Mullen to get the same record? So I think that that was looking like a mistake, Kyron Billion. Did you guys see the kid that uh, took a picture of himself at the end of the game for Florida? He took a selfie and put it on Instagram and wrote, I fucking hate this team. And no, I didn't. I it. did not see that. <laughs> that was yeah, one of those games. I had no I had no faith in either one of those games. I, teams, I just happened to fucking throw a dart on the wall and it happened to lay an LSU. So I'm like, let's fucking go with LSU and there you go. But I hate to say it, Brian Kelly's 5-2 and two right now and Notre Dame's 3-3. Three and three. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Keep talking, lose, Zach. Who's Zach? No, lose, Zach. Zach. We're waiting on you, Everybody's dude. Here. Everybody's here. Why are you on me? Just talk. Dude, we were both done talking. We're letting you. It's your turn. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the biggest Brian Kelly fan here. So what? What, what are we? What are we talking about? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just happy for his family for one week. Um, just- I don't know. You know what's funny is like at the beginning of the year, I thought like Florida, uh, Florida was this like good team. They had a nice win against Utah. Then you find out they're really not. Um, I don't know. This LSU Florida game used to have something to where it must. Now it doesn't really. All we talk about is. Fuck, LSU is so, like, irrelevant now. All we talk about is Brian Kelly's family. His family. And uh, I don't know. Both these teams stink. They're both going through a regression. And they're, I don't know, they're in the bottom piece of the SEC. So I can't say I watched the game. And they both suck. Great research. You're really doing your due diligence for this. Uh, I didn't watch that game. What do you want me to say? I didn't watch that game. 
Here's your honest. That's we get a little, we'll take that. Um, we appreciate the honesty. Clemson and Florida State. So I'll say this about this game. That uh, was a great game. It it was, but you can just kind of just see that like Florida State is almost there. They're almost there. They're not there yet. I like to, I love to see it too. I like to see Florida State is one of those schools that I want to see be good because I love to see them lose in big games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't hit the same unless they're like a top ten team losing. I used to love when, especially loved Florida State losing when Jimbo was there. That's why I love Texas A and M losing now. Yeah, I mean Clemson's, Clemson's a good football team. They're good. Yeah, they have an easy road to the playoff. Um, I just feel like they kind of slowly but surely they're just like, okay, maybe it doesn't look the most spectacular every week. They almost lost a week. They almost lost on the road here, but. They're getting it done. Six and zero is six and zero, and like considering where they were this time last year, it's a welcome turnaround for Clemson fans. And um, you know, good gig, good for them. They're kind of silencing a lot of their critics, DJ in particular. They're running back too. I didn't think he was anything special, but he's looking like a tough, tough SLB out there. Well, Shipley. So um, hey, uh, they have they uh, they're going to be the heavy favorites going into the ACC title game and. Uh, you know, they're they're back. They never really went away too much. I guess that big cheese it bowl victory last uh, last winter really propelled them into this year. So good old so cheese. It's actually kinda of funny though, if you like if you kind of look at the top ten right now, you got obviously UGA, uh Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson, Bama, uh Mississippi State, TCU, and UCLA and Oregon. Like TCU and oh, Clemson are the only t- but like Clemson out of the top ten Clemson and TCU are the only two teams there that don't have to play each other. Like, don't have to play anybody in the top ten for the rest of the season. So they're kind of just, like, hanging out in the weeds right now. And I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if at the, when the dust settles, Clemson ends up in the playoffs, mainly because they're in the ACC and the ACC stinks. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. the case anyway, so. Yeah. Um, all right, right. moving on to the next game. Uh, Jesus Christ, two uh, teams that are not are a little overrated in the SEC. We all took Mississippi State. What a bunch of freaking frauds they are. The freaking loss to a Kentucky team that will play with a banged-up uh, Will Levis. I, Yeah, I don't know. Mississippi State has guys that can play, but, I mean, they're, they're, they're like um, – what's it called? What's, who was the team we were just talking about that, uh, it, it, that falls apart every year? I'm sorry, what? We were talking about a team that is like, oh, oh like we'll start out the season great. Oh, it's like Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Mississippi State's like the Minnesota of the SEC. You know, like they, they got a couple guys on the team that like, you know, they look pretty good, but then like they'll they'll lose a stupid stinker game and then come back down to earth like the rest of everybody else is. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say about Mississippi State. I said I, I did not like them earlier this year. They're making my case more relevant than others, so they can go fuck themselves. I'm so mad about that. Well, they're gonna. They have a nice ass whooping coming this week. So, um, I mean, you can't lose that game to Kentucky if you want to stay, uh, kind of be relevant in the SEC. Um, I mean, they came off a game of wins against Texas A&M and Arkansas, then they lose to Kentucky. It's not really gonna fly. Um, it's unfortunate because I mean their schedule doesn't get any easier. They still gotta play, what Alabama, Georgia, and Ole Miss. So, good luck with that playing the way you did against Kentucky. Whether he's dead or alive, wherever you are, Stingray, I know you're very butthurt right now about Mississippi State losing. <laughs> um, I feel like Mike Leach is 
good for a few things every year, right? He's good for a good sound bite here and there because he's a nut job. He's good for the air raid offense. He's entertaining. But he's good for losing that game that he has no business losing. I won't say he has no business losing this game, but just when you feel like Mississippi State had all that momentum going, they kind of lose a game that they could easily had. And so now you're behind the eight ball to your rivals Ole Miss. Ole Miss beat Kentucky, and you did not beat Kentucky. So Stingray Steve, wherever you are, my man. Hail State, maybe. I don't know. Hopefully you're you're not crying your cowbell too hard tonight. So, Guys, um, North Carolina. Five and one. I think like six and one. Six and one. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, nice research. Their one loss is fucking Notre Dame. Somehow, that still blows my mind how their one loss is they got killed by Notre Dame. Yeah, well, I know they beat Duke over the weekend, obviously, but man, uh, so I. Doesn't it feel like I'm not trying to interrupt you, but doesn't it feel like ten through twenty-five in the rankings, everyone could just beat each other? Like I just feel like that's how it is. Oh, I think teams from ranked 50 to, like, 30 could beat 10 to 25, probably. Anything could happen. So, I don't know. You guys have anything to add about that game? I still have no idea who's winning that freaking crappy-ass Coastal Division. I don't even think anybody should win it, so. All right, it's going to be – it's probably going to be North Carolina. I mean, they're probably the favorites now, but I can easily see with that crappy-ass Chizik defense fucking up down the stretch, and it could <laughs> – you know. He's, he's horrible, so he's still – Yeah. No games are given with them the way they play defense. So. Yeah. Oh, that's what a, what a treat. Clemson gets to win out the rest of the games. They got they got Syracuse, Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina, and then they got to play North Carolina for the ACC championship game. Wow, what a tough road. Um, <laughs> all right. I mean, there's uh, almost I, no way UNC doesn't win the the Coastal Conference. I mean, if they lost now, that'd be kind of embarrassing. I mean, they got Georgia Tech at two and one, but I mean. Is that a serious? Is that a serious contender? Wait, you, you're telling me Boston College is eliminated from contention? No, no, they're in the Atlantic. They're not in the coastal. So. Oh, damn. Well, they got they got Jerkovic. <laughs> Jerkov. Aren't they? They're playing Wake Forest this week. They're gonna get murdered down there. <laughs> oh, look out! Look out! Yeah. Final game, guys. Big up, not big upset because I was the only one who took them. Utah, USC. I took the Utes. You two bozos took USC. Um, yeah, this is what I said early on. I was like, this is the, the annual USC stinker. Not that it was a bad team, but like, this is a game that USC probably should have won. I agree with some of the people who are complaining online that the officiating in this game was not very good, but still USC, like, come on, what are you doing? I love how Zach like said we're bozos when we picked Oklahoma State was up big against TCU and it took a freaking two point conversion for a USC to lose. But okay, anyway, like okay, so if you put that bet in that Twin Twin River Casino, do you think that they'd be like, you know, like they were up big at one point, but because they were up big, I'll give you your fucking money back? No, shut the fuck up. No, but That's I'm not. They got blown out eighty five to nothing over here or something like that. But, but anyways, um, I picked the game right. I, I got the. I, I mean, I picked both games right. You guys are wrong. And not the first time in my right life somebody told me I've been wrong. Not the last time somebody. Wait, what's the picks at right now? Do we have the standings? Yeah, I can total them up from you. I'm in first. Oh boy, it's not. I don't think it's as far away as you think it is. I beat you guys Um, by one game this week, so I gained a game on you guys, and we removed we removed the NC State game, so everybody got rid of a loss. Yes. So um, you know this is why I hate you. Okay, I'm just gonna go on a rant here. This is why I hate Utah, though. No, no, it's nothing to do with you. This is why I hate Utah. No, 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 no. This is why I hate Utah, because they lose to fucking Florida. 
They lose shit games. And then they have to go and ruin the fun because then they beat USC. So now USC is irrelevant for the rest of the year. And it's just like, I don't know. I like the whole USC story. But obviously the Mormons had to show up for one game this year. And that was the game. USC had no business losing this game. But I will say, love the balls in the fourth quarter to go for two and go for the win. I love that. Got to say, I hate Utah, but I love the move. And Lincoln Riley, um, more of the same from from uh, your Oklahoma days. You just lose lose the one game you shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, not that Utah's a bad team, but this is a game you should have won. You could have won. You had the chance to win, and you blew it. Typical Lincoln Riley. No surprise. Are we missing something here? Is USC maybe not even the best team in the town of Los Angeles? Think about it. UCLA beat Utah. USC did not beat Utah. Something to think about. Um, you can call yeah, me a boat. I'll think about it for two days because I think that they're that's coming to an end this weekend. Okay. Anyway, we'll get to that in the picks later. But um, yeah, um, you can call me a bozo because for several weeks I said that USC is going to be undefeated heading into the, to the Notre Dame game at the end of the year. So that's obviously not happening. I thought USC was done with those days of losing that one game. They had no business losing. But here we still are. New coach, same old problems for for maybe the overrated Trojans. We'll see what happens. I know it came down to a one, one point, but their defense looked horrible. Um, we'll get get into that. I'll get into that when my winners and losers later. But you can move up. I feel like you can move the ball up and down on this Lincoln Riley team. Hmm, stop me if you heard that before. I feel like every other fucking Oklahoma team he's ever had, you can move the ball up and down on them. So I guess the uh, same version, just on the West Coast now. Yeah. All right. So that's gonna do it for the week uh six games i guess we'll go into like winners and losers and then we can go into our picks and top 10 next so do you guys uh who wants to go first winners and winners or losers what do you got from the week you want to go matt now nah, you can go trevor i'll try to fire this off rapidly um winners chase brown illinois running back he's leading the league not just the league but the entire country in rushing right now almost 1100 yards in a league with great running backs like Blake Corum and, uh, you know, Henderson from Ohio State, this guy could be single-handedly carrying, you know, Brett Bielema's team to uh, appearance in the Big Ten title game. It's amazing. So, first winner right there. Um, I'm going to give one to Dalton Kincaid. We just talked about USC, the defense sucking. Tight end for Utah, Dalton Kincaid, 16 catches, 243, three touchdowns. Holy shit, that guy put the team on his back. He even got banged up in the fourth quarter, but he came back. I mean, I know Notre Dame's going to have no chance to be USC, but if I'm Michael May, I'm looking at my chops looking at that defense. I think that tight end, he can go off there. So uh, big winners on tight ends in general. I feel like a lot of them going off this year. It's great to see for the sport. There's stud tight ends going off. Um, last uh, last real quick winners. Um, the entire cigar industry in Tennessee this past weekend, amazing. I don't know if you saw that picture, guys. It looked to me like it was Photoshop, but I guess it wasn't. This was like a, a big cloud of smoke over the stadium at the end because everybody was just lighting up so much. It was. I want to just, believe it was cigars and not the fireworks or anything like that, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to roll with it and say that it was the cigars. Yeah, let's pretend it's the cigars. So a um, couple of losers. We were talking about Syracuse fraud team. Those fans. You talk about storming the field in Knoxville. That's fine. You haven't done it in 15 years. You freaking beat NC State at home with a backup without their quarterback. You barely won 24 to 9. That game was a one possession game, three minutes to go. And they're storming the fucking field at the end. That's 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 so weak. Holy Did shit. Boston College storming the field as it being Louisville. 
I'm sure, but that that's another weak example, like another weak weak sauce up in here. Like, what's going on here? Weak. Um, this grad assistant. I don't know if you, if you read this story from Fresno State. It's fucking grad assistant in the box punches out the window out of frustration. Glass shatters all of the crowd. A couple of people have to go to the hospital. That guy's a loser. He's on leave. Yeah, go Google that. You'll you'll see it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Hey, that could be Tommy Reese next week if they uh, if they still struggle against UNLV. He'll be punching out windows in his press box. So um, he's a big loser, that guy. Um, and then last this one quote, was his quote that he got caught up saying on television when he was missing. Do your fucking job. The whole yeah. team's counting on you. Yeah, oh boy. I guess he I guess he didn't do that last week. We could have used another one of those pep talks. Uh, another loser right now, Dabble Sweeney. After the game, he's flexing his muscles like, oh, all you people doubted DJ, blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, the way DJ played last year, he sucked. What are we supposed to like throw rose petals at this guy's feet? Like, give me a break. Dude, you're not talking like a three star recruit here, but Dabble. He's a kid, was a five star recruit, the number one quarterback in the country. And under your, under his first year under you, he was terrible. So, yeah, those are just the facts. Like, we're, we're, you you can't handle criticism like that. I'm sorry. You, you kind of we already know he has soft skin like that. But like, well, Bryce Young and fucking C.J. Stroud were under recruited compared to him. They all came from the same state, and look at how they played in their first years. And then real quick, um, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo is one of my favorite columnists. He wrote a column this week, though I found I felt kind of missed the mark. I don't know if you heard about this, but I guess Utah, there was a player from Utah, Anonymous, uh, another team offering a million-dollar NIL deal to transfer. And apparently, speaking of BC, Zay Flowers was offered half a million from a team and, like, another 300000 from another team to transfer. And he's saying, oh, all these all these uh, players being poached, there's nothing to worry about here. There's nothing to see here. I wouldn't go that far to dismiss it right away. I just feel like you missed the mark with that column if you want to go read it. I just feel like, look, NIL is NIL, I get it. But if you're going in, these big programs are going in and trying to poach these star players from little schools, you could run the risk of, like, the gap between the haves and the have-nots widening a bit. Like, think about, like, the Oakland A's in baseball. They're just basically a, a feeder system for all these rich teams every year. I just don't want NIL to become that, to be weaponized. Like, you're just going in and, like, I feel like the Jordan Addison situation, right, at Pitt goes from Pitt to USC, you know they're poaching him away with money. I just don't want that to become a problem for Dan Wessel to just instantly dismiss it, be like, oh, there's nothing to see here. I just feel like you kind of dropped the ball with that. It's gonna be a, I mean, I think it's going to continue that way. I mean, it was the same reason what happened with Ewers going to Ohio State before NIL was established in Texas. He went to Ohio to go collect his money. People are going to go where the money is. So. Matt, do you have yours? Uh, my winner's are going to be Donovan Edwards, Blake Corm, and the Michigan front line, uh, offensive line. They have been balling lately, and if Michigan's going to go anywhere, they got to keep balling. Um, unfortunately, one of my winners was Syracuse, just because they keep winning. And they no, I'm just going to say they keep winning and they keep getting the breaks. Okay, they are I'm, they are the worst six and team in the country, but they're also the luckiest six and team in the country. And until that changes, I mean, good for them. I mean, they're kind of like. A Kansas story. They've never, they've never really been a great a great football school, and all of a sudden they're six and zero. Oh, and I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe they'll knock off Clemson. Who knows? But at least they gave themselves the opportunity to make to make it a fun game to watch. Um, losers, USC uh, and Notre Dame. 
I just expect more than Notre Dame and then USC. I mean, uh, with all the with all the promise coming into the year and losing that game, it's just ah, that just sucks. But it's actually, I mean, I love to see it. I love to see it from USC. Notre Dame, not so much. Again, I wish they were a little better. Um, like I said, I'd like to see them lose, but not against bad teams. And no, I did have Alabama's discipline written down as one of my, of my biggest loser. 17, of oh, school record, 17 penalties against Tennessee. You're not going to win football games like that. And if that continues, they're going to lose another game down the stretch. Nice. All right, so it's obviously hard not to say that Tennessee didn't win the weekend because obviously all the, the attention they got. But I want to give a shout-out. I texted my brother, Jake. He was asking for bets Saturday morning, and I gave him a guarantee, and it actually came true. And I said, Colorado is going to beat Cal for their first win of the season this year, and they fucking did. So Colorado, man, you got to give them as a big winner. They got their first win of the year. It's been a fucking train wreck of a season for them. Hard-fought win over California, 20-13, to 13, so I'll give them props. Um, obviously, I mentioned Tennessee and Hendon Hooker as another big winner. Illinois was another big winner that I had, obviously, them beating Minnesota. Um, uh, my biggest loser of the weekend is fucking James Madison. Yeah, it's like, dude, like, I, you, you got, like, a team from the FBS, so, like, you're trying to get, like, respect um, coming over into the Sun Belt. And they go out five and zero, oh, and then they play a Georgia, a Georgia South was a Georgia Southern, I think they played, and yeah, lost. They were, so. they, were, they were down the whole fucking game in a game where I thought they were going to cover the spread so easily, and it's like they're back to square one. I mean, this we talked about the Sun Belt Fun Belt earlier this year. App State has kind of trended down a little bit since then. Uh, James Madison's not looking too hot. Marshall, uh, that not loss continues to look worse and worse for Notre Dame as we as we continue to move on in the season. I actually have an update. Um, right now, App State is up 14 in their current matchup. They're playing Georgia State. So, I don't know. Just I guess I, I just don't really like – it's just not a good look for those teams that are trying to make a name for themselves in the league. But just not a good week for them. So, those are my winners and losers. Uh, one more quick winner for me. Did you hear about this guy, uh, Ben Chase, his college football fan? He's trying to hit 70 games on the road this year as a fan trying to break a Guinness record. So look that up. He's like, got a, he's like every weekend, he's like maps out where he's going. And it's like, he's trying to, it's like five games a weekend. So it's pretty cool. It gets up to like 40 something. I guess the record is 50 games attended in a year by a, a set of brothers. So this, this kid's on tape. I, I guess you got to hit 71 by the national championship game. Apparently if everything goes on track. So shout out to, shout out to you, Ben Chase, wherever you are this weekend. I think he's going on like five separate games and winning on Sunday. So that's pretty impressive. Perfect. All right, you guys ready to get some picks? Let's do it up. This week is kind of a letdown compared to last week, so we're not going to have that long of a list, but we'll go through some of the bigger games. Uh, all right, we'll start off with the noon slate. Big big noon kickoff. We have Iowa at Ohio State. Ohio State's favorite 29 and a half. Over-under is 49. Um, I'll keep it short and simple. I think Ohio State's going to take care of business, and I think they will. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they're going to cover the spread because uh, I think Iowa's defense is pretty good. Um, but I'll go something like 34 to 10, Ohio State. For as good as Iowa's defense is, their offense is as bad as we know. We ripped that team apart, feel like, all year on this podcast. Nothing will change. 27 to 7, Buckeyes. 
I mean, Michigan scored 27 points against Iowa, and that was in Iowa. Iowa's going to go to OSU for this. I think it's going to be over before it starts. I'm thinking 49 to 6. All right. Uh, so next game we got is probably the big game of the weekend, which is Syracuse at Clemson. Clemson's favorite 13 and a half. Uh, guys, the, uh, out of all the undefeated teams this year that have been happening, uh, one of them loses this weekend and actually two of them lose this weekend. And the first one will be Syracuse. So I'm going Clemson big 41, 17. Clemson 38, the Q's no longer loose. The Q's is locked up 17 points for the Q's 38, 17 Clemson. I am going to go 28-24 Clemson in a close game. Wow. What makes you think that's going to be close? Uh, you know, Clemson, noon kickoff, maybe sleeping a little bit. Uh, Remember? I, mean, I know Clemson's... A few years ago, Syracuse almost pulled that off against Clemson in Death Valley. I don't know if you remember that game, but maybe similar vibes here, Matt's thinking. And just Clemson's D, I mean, um, Syracuse's defense is not terrible. I mean, they're only allowing, like, I think it's like under 15 points a game. I mean, Clemson, we think Clemson is good, but they've also been inconsistent this year. And I don't know, like, like, I don't like Syracuse. They're the worst, I will agree, they're the worst 6-0 team. But every time we say that, we get shot, we shoot ourselves yeah. in the foot. So <laughs> I'm, gonna, ba- I'm riding that wave. Dino Baber's going to play the play the podcast on the bus right over to the stadium on Saturday. <laughs> See these sh- fucking schmucks from Massachusetts saying this about us? Nobody respects us. We're the worst 6-0 team ever. <laughs> UCLA's going to be hearing the same shit probably if they listen to our show. Um, Kansas well, I mean, they almost Caleb- lost to South Alabama, so they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> Next game, Kansas at Kansas at Baylor. Baylor's favorite eight points. Uh, both these teams are eh. If Kansas had Jalen uh, Daniels, I think that they would win it. But because they don't, I'm going to go Baylor to bounce back here. Um, I, I'm, I think this will be a high-scoring game. So give me Baylor 38-28. to 28. Um, Yeah, I was tempted to pick Kansas, but I don't think this is the one game they're going to win this year going forward. 41-27, to 27, Baylor bounces back. Love the alliteration, by the way. Uh, Baylor, 39 to 13. All right, next game, we got West Virginia at Texas Tech. This game is in Lubbock. Um, This would be a classic. West Virginia goes from winning a big game to just going on the road and making a fool of themselves again. So I'm going to go Texas Tech in this one. Give me the Red Raiders, 42 to 35. Just because I got to try to catch up in the standings. 33 31, West Virginia. Nice. Texas Tech, 28 21. All right, next game, guys. Who wants to go first? Texas at Oklahoma State. Texas fair, it's six and a half. I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm scared of this game. I'm trying to pick it. I feel like every time Texas feels like they have their feet under them, the rug gets taken out. So I think they're going to be coming down from an emotional high last week, 49 nothing. Oh, that was, was that two weeks ago? That was two weeks ago. I'm two sorry. So, yeah. 
So I guess I have to throw that theory out the window. <laughs> they barely beat Iowa State last week, but they did beat them. But um, maybe hangovers avoided. I don't know, man. You all can shit on Mike Gundy. I still like him. He's the man. He's more than 40. He's going to win 40 to 35. Give me the Cowboys over the Longhorns. <laughs> Matt. Texas 35-24. Yeah, I'm going to go with Longhorns as well. I don't really love this pick, but I do agree with Trevor. I think it's going to be closer than we think. So I'm going to go Texas in a close one. Maybe a game-winning field goal. 31-28 uh, Longhorns. All right. Ole Miss at LSU. LSU's favored in this game by two points. Guys, what do you think? That's gross. I know. Well, I hope Brian Kelly hides his family this week. That old school matchup between him and Lane Kiffin, like used to be at the USC days. Um, give me Ole Miss, 37 to 21. Back. Give me Ole Miss, 42 to 17. I'm going with LSU. Oh, I boy. I think that Ole Miss is a little overrated, and I think that they're going to go uh, to Death Valley, and their their undefeated season is going to come to an end. So give me the Tigers. I'm going to say uh, 34-27, LSU. Next one, UCLA at Oregon. This is going to be another great game. Um, I'll go first on this one right here. I think this is where it all comes crashing down for UCLA. Oregon's favored by six here. I think Oregon is actually not only going to win, I think they're going to win big. I'm going to go with the Ducks, 42-21. to 21. Pac-12 has me still shook this year. I don't know if I'm coming or going. One week I'm up on UCLA. One week I'm up on Utah. They freaking lose. I expect Oregon to lose. They blow up BYU. I say USC's around the table. They lose. I don't know if I'm coming or going. So I'm treating this game just like I did last week with LSU Florida. I got to pick somebody. I'm going to randomly throw my fucking fake-ass dart, my fake-ass dart board. I'm going UCLA, 38-36. to I also think Oregon's going to win and win big. They're going to come out. Uh, they're going to come out on fire. That's going to be a home game for them. I'm going to say... 42 to 24. All right, next week, uh, next up, we got the uh, Purdue at Wisconsin game. Uh, it, this is a classic, like, Wisconsin's favorite two and a half, and I, 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 Purdue, I just feel like, isn't getting respected either. I think Purdue is a pretty good football team. Um, with that being said, um, something tells me this would be a dumb game that Wisconsin wins, and it would be ugly. So give me Wisconsin 19 to 13. I have such a love-hate relationship right now with the Boilermakers. I loved them in the beginning of the year, then I, I hated them in the middle. Now they've won a bunch of games again. I feel like I can't pick against them again. So I'm going to go Boilermakers 21-16. to 16. Boilermakers 31-17. All right, so in this one, obviously not much of a big game, but there's a team that's going to be on the uh, – New Year's uh, Eve uh, bowl watch, which is Tulane. Uh, it's Memphis at Tulane. Tulane's a seven-point favorite. Um, I expect Tulane to win, and I expect them to cover. I think uh, they're going to be an interesting team to watch now that Coastal Carolina and James Madison both looked like frauds last past weekend. So um, I'm going to go Tulane uh, 
I wouldn't say big, but I think that they'll cover the spread. So I'll go them 28-17 over Memphis. This game in Memphis? It's in, yeah, no, it's at uh, in New Orleans. All right. Well, that changes my pick. I'm going to go Tulane at home. Let's go 41 to 31. Give me Tulane 45-21. Perfect. All right. Alabama at home versus Mississippi State after the Tennessee game. I saw some crazy stats of how badly teams face the wrath of Nick Saban after he has a loss. It's going to continue against Mississippi State. I think Alabama is going to come out, and they're just going to take all their anger out of Mississippi State. There'll probably be a lot of penalties on Alabama because they're an undisciplined team, but I'm still expecting the Crimson Tide to win big. So give me Alabama 49-17 to over Mississippi State. Alabama 56-10. I think it's going to be 21 nothing after the first quarter. <laughs> What's the spread? 21. Wow. 48-28. to 28. Alabama. Backdoor cover. Ooh, close. Like it. All right. So <laughs> you guys are gonna like this game. This is this has probably been a game that's been circled on both your calendars of two year favorites. Texas AM at South Carolina. Oh boy. I'm torn. <laughs> I'm torn. South Carolina's <laughs> been looking not too bad the last couple of weeks. I'm gonna I'll give them credit. That being oh. said. I'm not. A, I, as soon as you think I'm going to start believing them, I'm not. I think AM is going to go to uh, Columbia and win. I think it's going to be a um, low scoring game as well. So give me the Aggies 27 to 21 over South Carolina. I had to look up Spencer Rattler's uh, stats real quick. He still has five TDs and eight picks. So oh. nothing's, cha- nothing's oh. changed there. Jesus Christ. Um, Texas A&M is coming off a week off. Uh, they're both coming off weeks off, huh? No, they're yeah. not. No, they are. No, Texas A&M played Alabama. No, wait, who did A&M play? Yeah, they're both coming yeah. off weeks off. Yeah, they're all both coming off buys, correct. Yep. I just don't know how you recover from that terrible play call. You know what? Fuck it. I am going with the Rolling Rattlers. 31-24. Rolling Rattlers, I like it. <laughs> Beamer ball. Is not going to win this week, as much as I love Shane. Uh, 27-19 Aggies. All right, final two games. We got Minnesota at Penn State. Penn State is favored by four. This is the whiteout game. Um, I, I I think Penn State is going to bounce back this week over Minnesota. I think Minnesota are frauds. I don't think they're good. I think they're going to show up at, uh, at um, Happy Valley and see all the white flags rolling around, and they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? I've never seen anything like this in my life, and they're going to roll over and die. I'm going to go Penn State 31 to 9. Both these teams are frauds. I'm sorry. Penn State, you're a fraud. I don't care how many fucking times I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it until you, till you hear it. Till you hear it from me. Okay? All right? That was the quarterback's name. Though I hate. I don't even remember his name. Sean, Sean Clifford. Clifford. Sean Clifford, you are my enemy. You're my number one enemy. I don't know why. You just Trevor Van Dyke. Yeah, oh. Trevor Van Dyke's telling you that you need to graduate already. Do something else with your life. You're like 85 years old, still playing at Penn State. I get it. Let's go. Let's go. 22 to 12, Penn State. I think it's going to be 24 to 6, Penn State, but more along the line of what Zach's saying. I think Penn State's going to handle business. 
but I just don't think they have the offense to blow them out of the water. So I don't think the score is going to be indicative of how the game goes, but still 24-6. So I know I just went on a rant against Penn State, but I picked Penn State. If you're confused, I was going to say Minnesota, I'm down on you too. They both suck, but somebody has to win. That's why I picked Penn State by 10. <laughs> Thank you, Trevor, for elaborating. I want to clear that up. So. Final final game of the week, we're picking Kansas State at TCU. TCU's favorite three and a half. I know you guys are big on the Adrian Martinez's or however you like to call it, but I think it, I think TCU is for real. I think their offense is a juggernaut, and I think that this one will be a shootout, but I, I have the Horn Frogs coming out on top. So I'm going to go TCU uh, 45 to 35 over Kansas State. I'm going to go with the Nebraska version. I mean, the, uh, the Kansas State version of Adrian Martinez. He's going to lead them to victory 34 oh. 31, lead them down the field, fourth quarter, game-winning field goal drive. I like it. I like it. Um, I'm going to go CCU to stay undefeated. Let's go Horn Frogs, 33-27. All right, perfect. All right, guys, so those are all the No love for Jerkovich this week, no? No. Uh, Wake Forest, 51 to 14. Is that who Boston College is playing? They're playing Wake Forest? Yeah, yeah. at Wake Forest, I'm pretty sure. That, that oh, team that, that on that ass. That game's going <laughs> to get out of hand quick. Yeah. Trevor, you got some rants this week or what? Um, rants just... Top 10 and then rants. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay, go ahead. Top 10, yeah. Top 10. I got them. Um, I'll go first, I guess. So I'll, I'll go with a top 10, but it's got a little caveat and I want you to figure out if you can tell what my caveat is. Oh God. Yeah. Oh God, baby. Number 10, Oregon. Number nine, UCLA. Number eight, TCU. Number seven, Ole Miss. Number six, Alabama. Number five, Clemson. Number four, Michigan. Ohio State's third, Tennessee second, Georgia first. Now what's my caveat? Teams that Notre Dame couldn't beat. Well, I mean, that's a lot more than 10, my friend. Um, no, those are actually – so this is cool. I don't know if you realize the BCS still does a simulator out there. So if you oh, yeah, did – I remember you saying that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, this is the BCS simulated top 10 right now. I don't agree with this. My real top 10 is UCLA number 10, USC number 9, TCU 8, Ole Miss 7, Bama 6, Clemson 5, Michigan 4, Tennessee, I have third, but I, I still wonder about their defense. So I'm putting the two teams that can have shown me they can play defense a little bit above them. Georgia, number two. Iowa State, number one. You can go, Zach. All right, so I have Oregon at number 10. I have uh, UCLA, number nine. I have Old Miss, eight. I have Alabama, seven, just because their defense is horrible and they're so undisciplined. So I think they can knock some a couple points off. I got TCU at number six. I got Clemson at number five. I have Georgia at number – I mean, uh, I have Tennessee at four. I have Georgia at three. I have Michigan at two, and I have Ohio State at one. And you might ask me, well, well, Tennessee just had this big victory over Alabama, and you're right. They do, and Tennessee very much well could jump any of those teams they beat Georgia, and I'm not saying that, like, Ohio State – I guess you can look at the teams they played this year, and same with Michigan, that, you know, a comparison to Tennessee – they haven't been particularly great. But Tennessee has had, at times, like, their defenses look susceptible and allowed a shitload of yards. Their offense is great, but their defense needs to get better. And Georgia's had a few games where they've looked kind of sloppy, too. 
Michigan, I mean, I, I, well, we gave them shit early on in the year because they were playing like no competition. Their defense is fucking legit, and they got a great running game, and at least they look like they have a balanced attack. Same with Ohio State, and I think that the two best teams have played so far this year, obviously subject to change. So that's my top ten. So I'm pretty sure we're only two weeks away from college football uh, playoffs uh, rank, rankings being released. Yeah, November 1st, I think, or 2nd, something like that. So I got Georgia number one, Ohio State number two, Tennessee number three, four Michigan, five Clemson, six Ole Miss, seven UCLA, eight Alabama, nine TCU, ten Oregon. There we go. Sounds good. Trevor. I want to hear this rant that you have about the wedding photos. No, no that was your rant, wasn't it? No, we, you brought it up, and then we agreed on it, remember? We said it was like the people, the people. That's another rant for another time. It was about the people who, like, take a Facebook break, and they got announced it to the world. Oh, yeah, let's remember. hear that Facebook break. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I don't really that. want to talk about that, Ryan. I want to talk about this James Corden situation. I really do. Oh, this yeah, yeah, current, I, a I current thing, well. like. So this is so stupid. Like, the guy freaking from the restaurant flips out, right? Posts this on Instagram. Calls the guy a cretin. Which, by the way, if you need to remember what that's... You've got to do a lot to be called that. Because a cretin is a a stupid person on the dictionary. And it's a person who is physically deformed. <laughs> or, um, so what was James Cornyn doing to be called a cretin by this owner? I don't know if you heard about this guy flipping out because wife ordered an all egg yolk omelet. Like, who the hell orders an all egg yolk omelet? He must have been like, I see the tiniest bit of white. What the fuck is going on in my egg yolk omelet? Like, I don't know if you've obviously you've all cooked eggs before. You know how hard it is to separate the eggs from the yolks. Like, eggs from the yolks on that too. Oh my god! Right, holy cholesterol, exactly. But then, like a fucking day later. He goes to apologize, and all of a sudden, the guy's like, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. I, I'll take you back. You're not banned from my restaurant anymore. We all do stupid things. I feel like this guy just... So after all this, you put the guy on blast, which I'm sure he deserved. Probably, he probably was a jackass, James Corden. He probably did treat the people like shit. So you put him on blast. You probably, It feels like he felt bad. Like, oh, my God, this guy's getting this guy's getting dragged all over social media because I put him on blast. Well, what do you think is going to happen if you put a famous person on blast? And all of a sudden, a day later, it's like, ah, that's okay. Like, nothing happened. I'm going to embarrass you so badly, but I'll take you back. And if I'm James Corden, like, what? Like, really? Oh, my God, I'm so sorry I treated you that way. I'd be like, I'd be like dude, you know, I'll go to another snobby French restaurant and I'll berate the waiting staff there. I feel like both of these clowns in this situation are just like, you know, first world problems. Oh my God, my snobby restaurant, your band, you're a Cretan. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Okay, nothing happened. I feel like like it's just idiot rich people going at it. No, I, I James Corden, I've heard for years, is just a terrible all around person. I mean, I, he, you remember he has that stupid bit on his show where he has people like eat and drink a bunch of disgusting shit. And uh, he had Jimmy Kimmel on one time, and Jimmy Kimmel asked him on live television to name his camera crew, the, the names of his camera crew on stage, and he couldn't do it. He doesn't know even know any of the names of his staff workers or anything like that, because he because we've I've heard stories that he's like the male version of Ellen, where he just doesn't give a shit about his employees and he treats them like shit. His sisters have come out and said that they've had interventions with him about his behavior in terms of him being an arrogant prick. He's had history like that. Do you remember that? fucking video that went viral of him like dressed up in the freaking mouse costume where he was like doing like a flash mob and blocking off traffic while like thrusting his dick in front of like 
people driving by. It was it's all on camera. Type in I James did. Corden flash mob. You can see him just going out to a car, and then the guy pulls down his window to see what the hell's going on. And then here comes James Corden, his fat ass coming over in a mouse costume and starts thrusting his his dick right in front of the car. So I'm like, I'm like, and then he was like, it, it, the list goes on about this guy. I, I've I've heard so many terrible freaking things about him. So I'm like. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to do like a current event rant. I, we'll get to the other rants for the next. I still want to. I will still want to dump on the Facebook thing and pickleball. I hate pickleball. We'll we'll get onto that in a I future. Think gonna, no, we're gonna change your mind on pickleball, just like we changed your mind last year with Jimmy Buffett. You were hating on Jimmy Buffett, and then we brought you to Jimmy Buffett, and you loved it. So we're all gonna we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to go play pickleball then. We're gonna do a twelve hour pickle, twelve hour pickleball marathon somewhere. I guess now. I'm gonna be sick for that. <laughs> All right, anything else, guys? I think we're good. Uh, so hopefully uh, this weekend will be hopefully just as, probably not well, just is- as good. Thank you for listening to the Late to the Party podcast.